Happy holidays, Stephen. Ting, ting, ting. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. I don't like Christmas. Just kidding, I like Christmas. <laughs> it's just a stressful <laughs> time for people that have to buy presents and also buy houses. Uh, it's very true. Yeah. I mean, not specifically in that order or necessarily those yeah. things. Do you do you ever get end of the year anxiety? Like because of you feel it like being you the end of the year. In? Yeah. Like you just feel like you gotta cram everything into the end of the year. No. Or is that just me? No. It, I mean, I, I get me. I get anxiety because I mean I don't get, really get anxiety over it, but I get like a little like annoyed by the fact that I have to go spend a bunch of money on people. No, I'm just kidding. Very true. <laughs> I only like spending money on myself. I mean, I just I don't. Let, you know let me let I, me just say it like here. Yeah. I'm, I'm selfish. I like to. Oh yeah. I've been a bachelor for a long time, myself. and then this year I got married. And now it's hard for me to transition to wanting to spend money on other people. But, you know, I do spend money on my wife. It's a, you know, so the kid, I don't, I don't know if, if I have it, a kid, I don't know what's going to happen. I know. I don't know if it's the spending the money part. It's, for me, the stress about the situation is what to get someone. You, uh, you know, know what I mean? Like, it doesn't stress me out. I find that to be difficult. I don't, I don't, see, the thing is, is I'm hard to buy for because I buy everything for myself. Everybody else is right. pretty easy for me, at least, because... They don't. They don't have a lot of expectation, you know. Like, and for the most part, they're a lot more uh, responsible with their money, so they actually need things. Me, I'll just go right. get what I want, and and then it, well, it's almost yeah. like you know, how much do you spend on someone? Like, how much is too much, and how much is too little to the point where you think that they're gonna be, uh, you know, upset that you you bought them something that was cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that ever factor in for you, or is that just me overanalyzing and overthinking everything? Yes, like I yes and no. Uh, I, I It depends. Like, with me and my brother, like, I try to match him. Like, I try to be like, if, if I get him a, a, a PS4 video game that costs 60 to 80 bucks, I try right. to match him. I try to get him something in that, that price range. Um, sometimes it doesn't even out. Um, like, this year... Because we, we tell each other what we're going to buy each other so we can get something we want. Um, and he gets he's getting me a new professional headset, uh, Audio-Technica oh, nice. he- uh, headphones. Um, nice. And they're like 150 bucks. And um, Very nice. So I'm going to buy him. Well, I already bought him a new new PS4 controller that's 60 bucks. Why are they so expensive? I don't know why. I've never understood why those controllers are still to this day. Yeah. There's still fifty to sixty bucks a piece for every console yeah. that comes out. Baffling. To and me. then I think I mean he gave me some choices, but I'm gonna get him something he needs, which in this case it won't even out price wise, but he's gonna get a post hole digger. <laughs> he he just he got a new place himself <laughs> nice. recently over back in May and he wants to replace the fence in his backyard, so he needs to get you know, post hole digger to help, you know. Oh yeah, I know yeah. what those are. You yeah. know what a post hole digger like, is, right? Cool. Yeah. yeah, they're like they're like like Essentially, kind of like two spades attached. Yeah, two together, little shovels attached together that you can you cl- drive clamp. into the ground. Yeah, yeah. You yeah you it's pick one of, up the thing. Dang, that's hard work. It's, it's hard work. work. It's hard work. But he just, uh, you, you know, better, just uh, throw yeah. it out there. My brother, he uh, just graduated uh, from uh, the academy. He's he's now a police officer. Uh, he, oh, so he must be so hopefully physically fit. Yeah. Of well, funny enough, he won the physical fitness award for uh, his uh, his his you know class. So, um, but uh, he just he, he's going to now be a. Uh, an officer of the uh, Charlotte Metlenberg uh, Police Department. So, uh, congrats, nice. congratulations to him. 
But um, very, yeah, very much congratulations to him. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, getting, I guess we'll just jump right We're, into it because I don't think it's going to be a longer episode. I don't think it's going to be a long episode because this is a pretty easy movie to get through. It, yes, it and is, and it's not very deep. Um, but uh, no. But you know, if you did, it's a, it's a lighter way it, to end the year. If you didn't know, this is Cinema Discovery Project. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it is. It is the seventieth episode. I think, I, think. I think so. Yeah. Yes, we missed all of the sixty-nine jokes we could have made last ah, time. But, ah, why didn't I do that? But I guess everyone out there will make them for us. Yeah. Well, um, this is you know episode seventy. This will be the last episode of the calendar year of uh, two thousand and twenty, the year from hell for yes. pretty much everyone. Basically. Unless you're unless you're a big corporation like Amazon, you keep making trillions of dollars off people buying stuff. But other than that, it's been a pretty shitty year for a lot, a lot of people. Yes. Um. But we're ending it on a lighter note because um, we we went pretty pretty dark throughout October and November <laughs> in general. Yeah, uh, I just felt like we did. I mean, we did do one of the darkest movies you'll ever see, and I saw the devil. Yeah, you know, you don't get much darker than that. You can, but it, for our purposes, that was pretty dark. We're not going to talk about the Siberian film, so <laughs> yeah, even out, yeah, the Serbian or film. Serbian way, Siberian, which is for some reason it's getting a Blu-ray re-release somewhere. I remember one came out years ago, and then it immediately got, like, taken off the shelf yeah. for obvious reasons. But anywho, yeah, I typically uh, would have chosen a more darker, serious movie, but we decided to go lighter. We're going with Elf, which is the John Favreau film from 2003. Yeah. If you can believe it we, came out 17 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know, right? It doesn't, and, doesn't and we, feel like a movie that came out that long ago. We, we probably talked about it somewhat when we did our last holiday episode when we talked about like our like the best christmas movies we might have yes we did we might have talked about it during that episode a little bit but um yeah pro- most likely when we just went went through the gamut of you know holiday films and whatnot um but steven what's your first introduction to this movie uh you know 2003 so i was what about 14 um so you know i was in middle school i was you know it's probably one I, something i went and loved and saw in theaters um I wouldn't think that it was any other way I saw it. I'm, I was going to the movies a lot during that time, so I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. Um, and you know, Will Ferrell was a big deal. This was like the the like him him kind of in the rising of his powers, um, where he was you know he'd done Anchorman. Um, he was of course on SNL, so he was very popular. Um, yeah, I was gonna bring that up, um, but but go on. But yeah, I mean that's that's basic. I mean. He he was somebody that I was aware of, and this was maybe this might have been my introduction to Will Ferrell was probably this movie, um, because of my age. I'm thinking I probably saw this before I saw Anchorman. Um, I want to say it came out before Anchorman. Did it come out like a That's, year or two uh, before? Maybe. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh, filmography right now, so I can tell you. Yes, it looks like it came out. Yeah, a year before Anchorman. Yeah. Yes, it did. Um, but so you had saw it in theater then? I'm pretty sure I probably saw this in theaters. My parents probably took me to see this. I I, I just can't remember necessarily, but I'm pretty sure I probably saw this in theaters. Yeah, it came out on November 7th, 2003, so obviously in time for the holidays that year. Uh, for me, I saw it on DVD, uh, later on. Must have been 2004 for me, and I probably was, I'm a little older than Steven, so I was probably 16 or so. 
I remember because I still have the DVD I bought in like 2004 from Suncoast Video at the mall. <laughs> and Suncoast doesn't exist anymore. I don't even know if it was a national branch or whatever it was. Yeah, but it was pretty. It was pretty, a store up here. Yeah, it's been basically replaced by Fye. Yeah, it was it was strawberries, Suncoast, um, flip disc or something like that, and then Fye is kind of still like it's hanging, hanging around my area still. There. Yeah. Yeah, it's still hanging around up here as well, so it must be doing what it must be doing well enough. Okay enough to stay in business. I think the Pop Toys saved them. Yeah, I, it, they branched out. I mean, significantly from just doing like music and movies, and they've just gotten into every other you know collect collectibles type stuff. and all kind. You know, yeah, yeah, they got into all of that stuff. And what is interesting for me is, for me, my introduction to Will Ferrell was, of course, through SNL, which I think a lot of people it was, um, specifically um, with, uh, just because I, I think every generation has their specific SNL cast or cast member that that is notorious for them. And for me, Will Ferrell was there because he started in SNL, I think, around 95, and then he went up through the 2000s. And then, like once his once their movies their movie careers kind of take over, the big ones tend to leave. That happens in every oh, generation yeah. Yeah. of SNL people. But I was a big Will Ferrell fan, and I'm kind of still a fan to to, to today, and maybe to a lesser extent, just because he's not really doing as many um, you know kind of gr- not great films, but doing good films like he used. Well, to. I would say I would I'm, say he just I think that some of these guys their comedy runs their course a little bit and they um don't their comedy just they don't try to retool their comedy much yeah and they just kind of become stale um and he kind of keeps doing the same thing over and yeah, over again. yeah i i think that's 2020 it's not you know like when mm-hmm. you're talking about dramatic actors <laughs> a lot of times you'll see them push themselves to try to to new things but when it comes to comedic actors you don't see them necessarily pushing themselves in new comedic directions a lot of times some of them do but very rarely um yeah very i mean some comedic i mean jim carrey has done has done more serious stuff but um, i'm saying even just different stuff. spectrums of comedy oh, you know okay. like like i'm thinking like like I don't, flipping from comedy to drama i don't think i don't think we think about comedy in that way though we think we think about dramatic performances in that way that there's different levels to that, but there is different levels of comedy too. And there's, right. you know, there's the slapsticks, there's the, and you know, uh, farcical kind of comedies. There's, you know, more, you know, maybe like romantic comedies. There's, you know, mm-hmm, different mm-hmm. levels to comedy that um, some of these actors just they just stay like Adam Sandler stays on the same plane for the most part when it comes to his comedy. He's not. What is he- yeah, and what's baffling to me about him is that some of his comedy is much better than other parts of his comedy. I don't know. It just to me, he's just he's just cruising right now. And I think he, I so. think it's com- I think he's earned it. He, I mean, he's earned. It. I mean, he, people still like his movies. So he, what is he gonna yeah. do? Stop doing what's making him money? I mean, it's of course. I mean, he makes like twenty million dollars a movie yeah. because he he both acts and produces his own films and. Yeah, he's got all kinds of deals with Netflix now and whatnot, but once in a while he shows up in something dramatic and just blows the doors off. Yeah. Uh, Uncut Gems. He was amazing in Uncut Gems, winning the um, the Independent Spirit Award, uh, I think Best Actor um, award for that movie, almost getting nominated for, for an Oscar. Pretty damn close. But back to Will Ferrell. Um, yeah, I think he predominantly his best work was probably done in the 2000s because I think you've got movies like... Like we've talked, like we're going to talk about Elf 
and he was also in um, Old School, which is, which is is a it's really a little bit more of an movie. ensemble movie. Uh, you know, yeah, because you got but Vince Vaughn. Sticks out and, in yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I would say obviously Anchorman. Um, yeah, I would Anchorman, say Step Brothers is a lot of people's favorites. Step Wedding Crash. I mean, he has that. He has that great. Oh, he's, he steals the movie crashers. in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when he shows up, Ma with the meatloaf. Ma, meatloaf. I, mean, I say that all. I say that all the time. Um, you I almost mean, got nunchucked. Film... You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some other stuff there that are, that are floating in there that some people like, like Semi Pro or Blades of Glory. Um, I just actually watched Stranger Than Fiction last night for the first time, which came out in 2006. That, that would be his attempt at serious, <laughs> and it's good. It's like, he's actually really good in it. It's it's both comedy and drama. It's really good. Directed by Mark Foster. Um, but he, that's kind of the closest he's ever really gotten to truly dramatic acting. He was in Woody Allen's film Melinda and Melinda early in the 2000s. Um, but then, like, he's kind of just shows up in other he, things. Like He, he, he typically in... plays characters that are very childish. Yes. Um, and, or they're very um, just obnoxious. Like, every character he plays is either screaming in your face or just being kind of just, uh, like, ignorantly you know, childish, you know, it's just the, right. the character he, he, he's good at it. I mean, he's good at it, but it's what, well, yeah, but he was also, yeah, but he's also like, he's older now. Like he, like yeah. that, like that worked like 20 years ago, but now he's like, you know, much older. So it, it doesn't perhaps work the same way. It used well, it's to just, anymore it's just because... like, I mean, like Jim Carrey, like we love yeah. Jim Carrey movies, but it got to a point where his, um, kind of like cartoon, revolving door of impressions got old like that that was his thing was just how many impressions can i do how many little quips can i say in a cartoonish way um uh that people got kind of sick of that um yeah and then yeah there's some there's some hits and some flops now Uh, i mean like get hard is okay like Eh. his movies i don't think are ever truly terrible although zoolander 2 is really bad. It's That's terrible. More yeah. Just that whole movie's bad. Um, I would say. I would say him. personally. I mean, I know people. A lot of people won't agree with me, but the uh, Daddy's Home, the first one's not too bad. Okay. Um, I never saw either of them. So yeah, the so, second one, yeah. not so much. Though it does have Mel Gibson as as the dad of Walt, 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 Mark Wahlberg in it. Mark Wahlberg. Um, yeah, and then John Lithgow's his father. Yeah, so it has its moments, but like. Um, yeah. I heard Holmes and Watson was bad. I, 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 all the I, clips, all the clips I saw from it were really bad. <laughs> they were really bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Will Ferrell's in the in that movie, and that's it's not. I don't know if Will Ferrell ever quite had a breakout breakout film. He just had kind of a series of like good like. You could maybe like say a, this was his breakout movie. Is it though? I don't know. I guess. I mean, was so. there something was before Steven Elf before. that was as popular as Elf is? Old school, that was kind of it. I mean, he was in Zoolander as Mugatu, which is which is great, but that's more of like a. They're very a, supporting um, roles, you know. They're yeah, supporting role. And that was more of a vehicle for uh, Ben Stiller, and and then the other one being Vince Vaughn, and I guess Luke Wilson yeah. was kind of the other lead, kind of more of a character in that. But yeah. before that, he had roles in like uh, the Ladies Man, yeah, Jane Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, but that was a smaller role, and then kind of a bunch of other other stuff. But a bunch of TV stuff. But I could, yes, you could say Elf is one of his most well-known roles. Elf, Step Brothers, you know, these are his more well-known, well-known, well-remembered, and continually brought up. Yeah, these movies are continually brought up all the time. I can't tell you how many how many Step Brothers um, 
gifts I keep seeing being used in conversations, whether it be on YouTube or um, not YouTube, but Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. Um, but he was not the only one in this film. Um, the other uh, part of the cast, James Caan, is in the film, who plays plays his father. Um, and James Caan is probably most well known for being in The Godfather. He was in Misery, Man's Thief, Misery. Um, this was kind of like the last, like relevant role for James Caan. I would say, I if I was just looking at his IMDb, nothing on there really pops after this. Um, yeah, he <laughs> some of these movies, some of these <laughs> titles, not exactly great. Um, but, but yeah, he's in the film as well. Um, another big, I mean, someone who became a bigger, much bigger star, is obviously Zoe Deschanel, who. You know, she's. I've always been a massive fan of hers. Well, uh, this, I could say, was one of her biggest. Well, films. yeah, since she showed up in uh, Almost Famous. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's where I yeah. first saw her. Was in Almost Famous at like the ripe age of like thirteen, fourteen, yeah. when I was watching that movie for the first time. But after that, she her career kind of blew up. But she stayed in the indie realm early on in her career, and and then I've actually gone back to watch kind of her indie roles, and they were really good films. Like they were. Like, she was in the movie Manic, which is really dark. She was in, um, what's that David Gordon Green film? Uh, All the Real Girls, which is also really dark. So it's kind of like, you know, Elf Elf is stuck in there amongst a bunch of dark films. Yeah. But she was really young in this movie. I think she was only like 22, 23. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of one of them scenarios where the... the yeah, the, it makes sense. The, the age difference is Yeah, the romantic... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is like a, it's like a twenty-five year difference, you know. I think it's more like thirteen, actually. You think? Only you think Will Ferrell wasn't difference. already almost forty by this movie? Yeah, Will Ferrell was born in nineteen sixty-seven, and this movie came out in two thousand and three. So, what's that? What I couldn't. Uh, he was like thirty-six. Yeah. It, like so like I guess like she was like fifteen yeah, she years. Was born in ni- she was born in nineteen eighty. Don't ask me how I know these things. So that is what IDB. thirteen years. Yeah. So that's I guess that's yeah. not so bad, but he plays a lot but older. He, looks, he plays a lot older but than he, he looks, looks a lot older. Yeah, yeah, he looks older. Um, I couldn't. I can't imagine Will Ferrell in his thirties. I don't know why. <laughs> that just isn't that weird to you? We're like, the older we get, we're approaching the ages of people that we had seen on like television yeah. and movies when we were younger, and it's like, do we look that old? Do we? Do we actually look know. that old? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. But anywho, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, honestly. One of my favorite actresses. I've just I've always been a big fan of hers. Um, her career has obviously you know gone gone much higher since two thousand and three. She had that sitcom, uh, The New Girl, which was a big hit for a few years for Fox. Um, she kind of fluctuates between movies and TV. Um, she was in a, David Gordon Green's Your Highness. She was in Our Idiot Brother, which I thought was an underrated yeah. movie. Five Hundred Days of Summer is probably that's what one she's the, known for. I think that's one of the great um, romantic. That's an interesting film. Romantic yeah. comedies. What's that? Is that Mark Webb? Yeah, Mark Webb, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Um, yeah, uh, she was in Yes Man with you know, coincidentally Jim Carrey. Yeah. That was a weird age difference in that. Movie. Yeah, um, but she was in. Um, did you ever see that sci-fi miniseries that was uh, The Wizard of Oz? It's called Tin Man, and she played the Dorothy character. I, didn't pl- I haven't seen it. It was a it, weird but, yeah. steampunk. It was like a steampunk version of Wizard of Oz. I know what you're Oz. talking about, yeah. Yeah, I had the DVD for a... I think I still have the DVD, actually, somewhere. Yeah, it yeah came out in 2006. 
2007. But yeah, so just getting into Elf in general, um, the plot of the movie is kind of simple, kind of quaint. Kind of quaint. It's, it's a fish-out-of-water um, story. A fish-out-of-water, you know, a giant kid, a, you know, an adult with the, with the child-type, you know, well, we start, wonder. Yeah, we start, we start off the movie getting an idea of... Uh, well, it's told in voiceover by one of the elder elves... Um, Bob Newhart. Yeah, Bob Newhart plays. Uh, talk about comedic legend, yeah, Bob Newhart, yeah. uh, with the um, the Bob Newhart show and then his show Newhart back in the day. Um, yeah, Bob Newhart is in this film as well as Ed Asner, and it's like it's a pretty pretty good you know old school vintage great cast. And there's a great there's a great you know uh, by one character a very more relevant actor that shows up later in the middle of the story. Um, he was in Game of Thrones. He shows. Oh, he has yeah. a scene. We'll, 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 we we'll wait till we get to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he. Uh, he... I also want to bring up Mary Steenburgen just because she was, she was, she's his stepmother in this movie, but she's his biological mother. Yeah. In, uh, stepbrothers. Talking yeah, about, yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell. It's kind of interesting connection there. Yeah. But this movie starts out like Steven said in a voiceover, and what happens is, um, Santa goes to an orphanage, and one of the babies who's at the orphanage. Um, crawls into his sack and ends up at the North Pole. Yeah, and you get a little bit. You get a little bit of a backstory about the the, yes. the culture of the North Pole. That you know, at one point they tried to uh, have different types of magical creatures uh, run the North Pole. Oh, yes, <laughs> you get like have... you get like uh, the first we tried to have troll. You know, we had trolls, but we couldn't get them potty trained. And it, like, there's your fart joke right there. Uh, yeah, and then they had gnomes, but gnomes would just drink they, all day. Yeah, they would just drink and they just <laughs> fuck around all day. So then elves ended up being the best suit, and then, uh, yeah, and then so yeah, and then it shows Santa show up at an orphanage, and uh, baby baby buddy go walk, goes into his his sack, and he comes back, and and um, they decided uh, Bob Newhart decides he's gonna basically adopt him and yeah, keep him up but, there. Yeah, he says. He also says that, you know, I guess Santa has a soft spot for babies, so he wouldn't bring him back to the orphanage, um, which is kind of sweet. Also, I don't know how he didn't notice there was a baby there the whole ride back. But anyway. Yeah, they're just, just magical beings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah just, leave, just leave it up there. Um, just leave that one, like, you know. You just. Suspension it, of disbelief. Yeah, suspension of disbelief. Whatever. So they decide to keep and raise the baby. They call him Buddy because on his, on his diaper, it's like a Buddy brand type diaper or whatever. So they just give him that name. And he grows up thinking he's an elf. <clears throat> and you see kind of this like uh, narr- narrative montage uh, by um, Bob Newhart, who, like Stephen said, adopts him. And you see that. I think Bob Newhart's character is Papa Elf. Yeah. Isn't that his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Papa Elf, which kind of reminds me of Papa Smurf, but whatever. Uh, Ed Asner plays Santa, who I think, I'll be honest, just make Ed Asner like the real Santa Claus. It sure. works so well in this movie. Um, and you just see him grow up, and he can't. He doesn't quite fit in. Oh yeah, with the rest it, of the basi- for obvious reasons. Basically, as he gets older, enough. we start yeah. to see that there's a size difference, which of course plays into all the awkward, com- you know, uh, f- physical comedy uh, going as you know, like the bathroom's too small, and uh, you know his bed's way too small, so he has to use two beds, you know, and it's still too small, and <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, he he starts to realize that he doesn't have the same skills as all the other elves have, specifically in making toys and making a to- yeah, and making toys make, fast. He can't make toys fast enough, and they're they're building like like etch sketches and stuff like that. 
and he just like he, there was the one scene where like he made he's like yeah sorry I'm so far behind he's like, and then the you know the elf's like oh yeah that's okay how many have you made you know he's like eighty five <laughs> and like the whole workshop stops and it's like. 85 it's like yeah you're only like what is it he's like, like 900 basically they make like a thousand and a shift or whatever a person yeah they, <laughs> yeah so they so he's like 900 etched sketches behind and stuff like yeah. that and then he he overhears them like talking about how like how he's like you know yeah i mean can you can like the supervisor the supervising elf talking to another elf like you know can you cover this because you know buddy but he's just not good at this. It's just just creating all kind of problems and all this kind of stuff. Of course, of course, Buddy's hiding behind probably the skinniest like like wall post you'll ever yeah. see. So I don't know how they don't notice him. But it all plays into like the physical comedy of it all. And then like he that's how he finds out that he's not an elf. Yeah, he, like, he, they, he, they, they basically say it's like what do you expect? He's a human yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and it's it, so so that, that's kind of first act stuff where he's just like. Kind he kind of ends up having to leave the North Pole. He has a great, great relationship, I think, with the Papa Elf character and him. It's a father son relationship, and I think that that was really sweet and really, really nice to see. And I think they hand they handle that, you know, for something that looks so ridiculous, they handle it with really great sincerity and like genuineness mm-hmm. that you wouldn't really expect from a movie about, you know. A human living amongst elves well, kind of sounds ridiculous. We talked about this last episode, but this is directed mm. by John Favreau. I think this is his is. first movie, right, that he directed. I want to say second. Is it second? Because uh, Made is his first, okay. and Made and Made is a movie that no one, yeah, because no I haven't seen it, like no. remembers. Because everyone thinks, like I said last time, everybody thinks he directed Swingers, and he didn't. Yeah, I um, didn't know he. I so, know he didn't direct that, but I didn't know he had a movie between. Yeah, I think um, that was Doug Liman that I said last time. So, Made is a movie that came out in 1999, and John Favreau is in it, and he plays like a boxer in that movie, and they get and he gets involved in like a money laundering scheme and stuff like that. I think yeah, Vince Vaughn's in that film as well, uh, as well as Famke Janssen, um, T- Tom Morello's in that movie. Uh, interesting. Uh, uh, just, just right now, Faison Love is also in that movie, who also is in Elf. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, so John Favreau, this is his second movie, and he, you know, started his career uh, as an actor. He has more acting credits than he has any other credits, I think. Um, yeah, he's fa- uh, John Favreau is famously um, in movies like I said, Swingers. But for me, I've he was in wow, he was actually in Batman Forever. Didn't know that till right now. <laughs> but he was in. Um, he has an uncredited role in Hoffa, the Danny DeVito movie. Didn't know that. I, I think he. But he's all. He's also in Rudy. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. He's also in the movie Rudy with Sean Astin. I think that's I, where I remember him. But from. obviously, he has this pretty great connection to the comedic side of the business. He knows a lot of comedic yes. actors, a lot of comedians, and. Um, you know, I think that's gotten him far, and it's also helped. I think his his directing his um, in the sense of comedy. Um, yeah, the one thing I've always respected about John Favreau, and one thing I've come to know about him over just the years since his career has kind of exploded over the last twelve years or so, is he's kind of, he's a, he's a super like film fan. Yeah, like he's a big film buff as well. As many filmmakers and actors and actresses and other people who work in the industry are, they're all the most for the, they're all for the most part really big film fans. So they get their inspiration from a lot of just other films and other 
filmmakers and places and what and stuff like that. But for me, I think John Favreau is a really solid director. I, I think he's, he's a really, really solid director. Really I just wish I'd see him do more of what he wants to do, or yeah. at least more of original. He's kind, he, yeah. Right, right now, he's fallen into big. Like he's fallen into the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I'd like to see him peel back over to, like what he did with Chef. Like, show something with a little bit more passion. I mean, I know he's probably really yeah. into what he's doing, but I personally would like to see something a little bit more personal from him. Um, yeah, because he, because if you just look at his IMDb credits, he he went from Elf, he went from Elf to uh, Zathura, a space a space adventure. And then he went from there right into Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Cowboys and Aliens. And then he did Chef, which you could say is his small indie film. Yeah. And then he went back to the mainstream with The Jungle Book and then The Lion King. And now he's running um, like The Mandalorian yeah. and with Star Wars and stuff like that. And it's probably only a matter of time before he does something else within that within Star yeah. Wars and, and whatnot. So his Well, they, they just career, announced like tw- 20 shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah so, they did just announce like ten. So he's probably involved Wars, in some MCUs. of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Cause, yeah, I'm looking right here. He's he's a producer on, um, yeah, one of the shows that they that they um that they announced, the Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah. He's a producer on that. He's a producer on Jungle Book Two, which I don't know if he's actually directing. I would say he's, he's probably Jungle not. Book Two. He's probably not. I don't know. That's an IMDb thing, so it could it could happen. It could not happen. He's also an executive producer on the Ahsoka series that's going to be coming out as well. How involved is he going to be in all of these things? He only has an executive producing, you know, credit, but who knows? Who really knows with him? I know is that he's very hands on with the Mandalorian. If you've seen all the behind the uh, scenes, he, well, he stuff write, like that he show, write literally very writes hands-on. the screenplays for all these. Yeah, well, yeah, for a lot. Yeah, he has his hands creatively in that show a lot. He and Dave Filoni and all the great directors they get, you know, all have are all collaborating to create that that series. But yeah, he's got he's he's living he's uh living the high life right yes, now. Yes, yes. But <laughs> in the mainstream, but I think, but like you said, I think it'd be cool to see him come back down. But I don't think he's got the time. I don't think uh, he's he's, time. he's he's yeah. I don't know what he's gonna do now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think he is a solid filmmaker, and I think that that's part of the reason why this movie turned. Unfortunately, from what I hear. They don't really get along, him and Will Ferrell. Um, oh, didn't know yeah. That. Well, th- this was a fir- this was said by James Caan in a recent oh. in a recent interview where they asked like, are there is there ever going to be a sequel? Because apparently Favreau's always talked about there being maybe a sequel to Elf, but okay. Will Ferrell keeps saying no, and James Caan has kind of been on the same wavelength and has said re- in recent interview that. It doesn't seem like they get along. Probably because Favreau wants to do one and he doesn't want to. And they're, they're huh. well, creative well, differences, <laughs> as they say. Yeah, it's what's interesting is that um, literally, like one of the trivia things for the movie of Elf is that the first thing that they have on there is that Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell has no interest in reprising his role for a sequel in the years since telling. Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live back in 2013? Absolutely not. I just don't think it would look... I, th- I just think it would look slightly pathetic if I tried to squeeze back into the elf tights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, buddy is... Uh, buddy the Middle-Aged Elf. Yeah, he said the same thing apparently in a 2007 interview as well. Yeah. So we're probably never going to see an elf sequel, and I don't really think we need to. I don't we think need we need to. one now. It's a... I honestly don't think we need one. It's, it, it, it's, it's become... You know, we're kind of going off track here, but it's become kind of like a a Christmas cult classic in the same vein 
that every year people watch like Christmas Vacation or It's a Wonderful Life or um, what's that, A Christmas Story. You know, it's become part of that rotation now. And you don't really need, and none of those sequels, none of those movies really got sequels. I mean, granted, Christmas Vacation was part of a franchise, like a loosely connected franchise, but it's it's kind of like a like a one-off wonder, if you will. But getting back into the, let's, let's steer back into the plot. So, so yeah, he finds out he's he, human. Yeah, he finds out he's human. He, he's got to come to grips with that. And, you know, also, I, there's a great, like I said, a great scene between he and Papa Elf where they're working on um, the engine for the the sleigh. Um, yeah, he, he tries to the, show him that there's something he can be good at because the elves right. have their talents and he can have his talents, which is, you know, he can help him do these things that, you know, humans are something that they actually do in the real world, which is work on mechanical things and big it big engines. Brings, you know. Yeah, it also brings up the idea that Santa's sleigh used to be run on Christmas spirit. Yeah. But since there's such a lack of Christmas spirit in the world now, it needs um, it needs the sleigh needs an engine basically yeah. to to get it to lift off and fly places. Uh, that comes uh, the reason why I bring that up is because that comes back literally yeah. in the third act of the movie. But so Buddy decides that he's gonna leave the North Pole and he's gonna because Papa Elf tells him about his father and how his how his mother gave him up for adoption and how his mother passed away but his father's still alive and he lives in of course uh, you know the New York City which yeah. is where I guess every movie is set if you Basically. break it all down <laughs> and uh, and he decides so he's gonna go there um, his mode of transportation Stephen is. <laughs> Uh, a block of ice. <laughs> yeah. Well, before yeah, before we get to that, we, first we, 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 we do yeah, find right. out that apparently his father's on the the bad list, the naughty list. Yes, it's devastating. And he's devastated. He's devastating. like, no, you know, he screams and, and then he runs outside, and you get like a snowman that like talks to him for a second, telling him about you know how he needs to go out into the world. And one cool thing, I don't know if you you saw this, but these little cre- you know, first of all, I like that the the outside. Life is like the old claymation Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's ta- he talks to the uh, looks like the snowman from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, that all the, uh, that and the little and the little creatures. There's like a little yeah, no. um, you know bear cub, and apparently the yes. bear cub is voiced by Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, I was just gonna bring. Yeah, that up. It was voiced by Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. The the you know the legendary Ray Harryhausen, the late great legendary Ray Harryhausen, who was you know a pioneer of stop motion animation yeah. and special effects and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, he says goodbye to all those guys, yeah. and then like he's about to leave, and like um, a big like like a like a unicorn whale pops a up, walrus of, of some water. yeah some kind of weird yeah, creature, of some kind. and apparently that's John freaks out the other that's ones. John Favreau yeah. apparently <laughs> does that voice yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they all say goodbye to him, and he gets on a, like I said, a block of ice, and he's just on his way to, to New York. Yeah, and he says he it, ends up he, there somehow. He somehow it only took him a few days. Apparently, that's what he yeah. says later. He's like, I, I, I want, I walked a couple days to get here. I'm like, you had to walk all the way across Canada, all the way across <laughs> the Arctic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, to go from the North Pole, you gotta. But he, if he's floating down on that block of ice, I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> like, at one point, does that block of ice start to melt? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, it's, you have to suspend this. Yeah, once again, it's movie. supposed to be for comic effect, so. Yeah, so he shows up, and I think, doesn't he end up in well, like, he, Central Park and, or Well, first he, first he shows up on land, and then when he first gets yeah. there, he meets a raccoon, and he decides. Oh, and he tries to hug yeah, it. Yeah, and then, yes. yeah. And then that doesn't. He tries to hug it because he's like, oh, you, you're angry. You need a hug. Yeah. And it's like. 
you may not, you may not want to be hugging wild animals. Of course, the raccoon attacks him. Yeah. And, you know, bites his neck or whatever, and then he tries to cross a road, and like it's probably the first time he's ever seen a road before. Um, he just has this throughout the whole movie. He has this very childlike well, yeah, he's wonder. An, he's a very innocent being. He has no. Yeah, he has no concept of humanity or the real world. Yeah. He's kind of just like a blank slate. And it's kind of, I mean, to go to any place when you're kind of a blank slate like that, New York's probably the worst yeah. place to go to. I mean, it is sensory overload. And so basically he runs around the city kind of experiencing it. And one thing he does that he was told by Santa not to do, which is eat the, the gum that's underneath the railing. Yeah, it's not a gift. It's not there. It's not a <laughs> treat. He tells it's him when you get there, you. he's like, I've been there thousands of times. When, <laughs> don't eat the gum on the railing. It's not free candy. You know, it's, you know but he does it anyway, of course. Um and then he like the little things like he goes and like these people are giving out like pamphlets and he's like taking every page. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> they just oh yeah, yeah yeah the people just handing out free stuff outside yeah. of, like restaurants and stuff. Yeah. And then there's a coffee shop that says like you know, they have the what the world's best coffee. Yeah. Or something like that. The world's number. He walks one in and he's like, it's not true. He, he walks in. He's like, congratulations, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you got the world's best <laughs> coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we, you did. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's such it, it's really and then he isn't this when he runs around the uh, the revolving door yeah he goes in the revolving door dizzy and yeah. throws up yeah. <laughs> as someone who's like as someone who's been through revolving doors it's not as exciting as that is because a lot of them now uh, at least when I was a kid uh, and, and even now is they have sensors where you can't even get close to them or else they'll just stop moving so people don't get caught in them and die to- like they like that, that has happened so I've never been able to like just swing around a uh, a, a revolving door and then like get dizzy well, that's, un- so, that's unfortunate that is unfortunate so he does all that and he's kind of just he's just walking around New York and Looking and then he, I think this is when he goes to visit his father. Yeah, right? he catches. He has the snow globe that has the Empire State Building, which is where he told yes. us his father works. And so he finds. And he has a picture. He has a picture as well. Yeah, and he, so he sees the building and then enters and and. If, oh, and he does. And he goes to the. He doesn't know what an elevator is, so he goes into the elevator and he doesn't like. He he jumps out of it because he doesn't know what to do, and then he goes back in, and this guy goes there, and then this guy picks a high up number. <laughs> and then Buddy decides he he loves the lights on the on the on the floor levels, so he presses all of them. He's like, it's like a Christmas tree. <laughs> He's like a Christmas tree, and the guy's just like, and I, fuck that poor bastard, that poor guy. He's just gonna be sitting there having to stop at every single level in the Empire State Building before he gets off to where to where he needs to get off. Yeah. And then so once he gets to his level, he gets off. He's like, uh, he goes. So what does he say? He says, like, oh, hi, I'm like, this is where my dad works. And he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to give you a hug. And the door's closed. <laughs> yeah. And one thing we didn't know, we did we did cut into, um, we did before we get to this scene, we did cut to the father kind of seeing how he is at work and how he is with his family. We did see that, I think, at some point before yeah, there's this. An inter- yeah, there's an inter-scene, like an intercut scene of James Conn at his desk and, like, this, uh, this other guy's, like, no, there's two pages because apparently his father works for a book publishing company I think specifically children's books and basically they were going they're, 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 they're putting out this book about what like a a, like a, a pup? dog and a pigeon I don't know. Yeah. puppy and a pigeon or something like that and apparently there's there's two pages missing and and the and the guys the one of the other work, one of the workers guys like there's 
two pages missing. The, you know, there's no, the, you know, the people are going to notice. You can't, you can't go to print for this. And the guy's like, kids, and James Conn's like, you know, kids just like want to see pictures and stuff. They don't care about, you know, story and whatnot. He's like, so I'm not going to hold up production for this nonsense. Just go print it. Yeah. Basically, his father's an asshole. That's kind of, kind of. Asshole, he's, and he's lazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lazy, asshole, jerk guy. And he decides to print the book with two missing pages in it, which ends up coming back later on to bite him in the ass. But so Buddy walks into the the, the office and um, starts saying that he's he's there to visit his dad. Uh, the secretary, who's who's um, portrayed by um, Amy Sedaris, who coincidentally is also in The Mandalorian, probably the least liked character of all <laughs> of The Mandalorian. Uh, she's she's in there. Uh, she's the, she she thinks it's a Christmas gram that somebody sent him. And not like obviously not taking it serious because he's dressed as an elf the whole time, with the shoes, with the with the tights, and with everything. So he goes in there and he's like, uh, and he tries to like tell him that that he's his son. But then like the whole office is there like waiting for him to like sing. So he starts singing a song. He, he starts singing still, the things he's trying to say to his dad. He's like, Yeah, he's like, Hi, I love dad. You. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Hi, dad. I'm your son, and I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> You know, like just you know all that stuff, and then, and yeah, then his and then like, his reaction is just like, well, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like usually they just sing, they just they just put my name in jingle bells or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so he goes to sit down, and then and then Buddy's still trying to tell him that he's his son, and then you you know you something about his mom and all this kind of stuff. And anywho, he ends up getting escorted out by security, yeah. gets kicked out of the building, and then um, they tell him he should go over to the toy store. Which is across the street, you know. Yes, and um, that's when he, and he you know, okay. yeah, that's when he ends up at the store Gimbals. Gimbals, it's yeah. called. And it looks like it's in a mall, or maybe not in a mall. I don't know. It's kind of because doesn't he go over to the mall? And he's looking at, he's looking at ladies lingerie because the well, he goes says, to Gimbals, and it, yeah, I guess it, it is in like a like a mall area. So yeah, and it, it, but he's standing outside the uh, the lot, like I don't know if it's a Victoria's Secret, some type of it's like a Belks store. or like a you know like a yeah. department store. Right, and, and, and he's holding up the lingerie that says, you know, for somebody special. Which comes back like later. Like a gift for somebody special. And he, of course, in his mind, he, he's like, in his mind, he thinks like it's for everyone, but it's well, it's women's lingerie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be for men, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's basically, uh, lo and behold, he ends up buying it for his dad eventually because yeah. he thinks it's an appropriate gift to give him. Um, but he decides, so, but Faison Love sees him. Uh, like in in the mall, and he's like, like getting him to come. He over assumes like, he's an employee of his here. store. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's a he thinks he's an elf employee. Which how do you not know who works for your up. store? But yeah, he's like the store manager too. Yeah, he doesn't look like he knows who works there actually. <laughs> so he's yeah, like, get over here. He's like, do this, do this kind of stuff on your break, and and he ba- so he. Looked, I love I love any time yeah, in this movie he Ready. fights with people about how things are really are at the North Pole or really are in Christmas. So he's like, you know, like, he's like, people would say, yeah, like, we yeah, should say, oh, this is great. What is this? Yeah, he's, he's like, like, he talks about, Faison Love says it's the North Pole. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and he's like, no, it's not. No, it's not the North he's Pole. He's like, yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, just back and forth. And then uh, Faison Love goes, uh, uh, Faison Love goes, you know, uh, 
you know, tomorrow, 9 a.m., Santa's coming, you know, keep your receipts. <laughs> he just, he just freaks out. Santa! One of the most well, yeah, one of the most well-known things ever. I've seen this gift a million times. I, I know him. Million times. I know him. <laughs> Santa's coming. I know He's gonna him. He's going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. And that's, and this is also where we meet, we meet uh, Zoe Deschanel's character for the first time, because she works, she works at the store as well. And her name is Jovi. Of all names, as Bon name Jovi. Is, yeah, I, I guess I didn't think of that, <laughs> but it's spelled differently. Her, her name has an e at the oh. end. I don't know. Whatever. And she's she's the complete opposite of Buddy. She has, she's uh, she she's just not happy. She's not very. She doesn't have a lot of she's, Christmas spirit. Yeah, she's if very. Uh, if she could almost be, you would say maybe even if she wasn't wearing Christmas outfit, she'd be goth almost. Okay. Yeah, you would think she would be working at a much more. Less happy store than a kid's. Well, I guess store. because it's Christmas time, it's even happier. But uh, yeah, you know. I mean, talk about blast from the past. There's not, there aren't very many like strictly toy stores anymore. You know, kind of shows you how the world's a lot different than 2003. Yeah. Um, but so she she is you know like I said not kind, not kind of overwhelmed thing. by him. Yeah, yeah, he he's the complete opposite, and he is autumn like instantly uh, has a thing for her. Instantly, instantly smitten. You, you could tell. I mean, he thinks she, you can tell she he's enamored by her. She's also, of course, wearing an elf outfit as well when they first meet. As well, as all the employees are. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, so they have a back and forth. And she, he's like, Santa's coming tomorrow. Isn't that great? And she's just not having it. Yeah. Uh, but he, he all, but this is where um, the, he, the store starts to so, close down. And, yeah, and he hides out in there somehow. Um. And basically, he spends all night redecorating the whole store to make it look, you know, more Christmas. Using his elf, fabulous. his elf skills, he, you know, using his elf skills, which he's got some great elf skills. Like he's building, like, like he's doing, like, um, building Lego like, house, Lego. Lego houses, and he's using, he, well, actually, he's ripping up the pillows to make the stuffing, <laughs> to taking the stuffing out to to make fake snow. He's cutting like uh, snowflakes and stuff like that, and hanging them up and draping them up. He's making the store look fantastic, right? Yeah. So, so he stays there all night, and then, and so the next morning, you know, the workers show up and the people show up. Well, I mean, fir- like, first, first, he hears somebody, and it's Zoe Deschanel taking. Oh, she's yeah, in the locker room. That. They have like a locker room for yeah. the workers. I wanted to ask you this actually specifically. Um, uh, she's. Yeah, one. I, I guess there's an there's an employee entrance. Probably that's, an employee entrance, yeah. maybe you know, in the back somewhere. That, so that's how she got in, and she's uh, and she's taking a shower. And do you? I I, just, I want to ask you specifically. Do many stores have employee showers for specifically? I'm talking about like department stores at the mall. I mean, I couldn't tell. Just seemed odd to me. I couldn't tell you for sure. But I'm—I right. I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility. It, you know, this is also New York City, so maybe okay. there's a different—you uh, know—they have a different way of how they set structure up structure of the stores. Set, yeah, yeah, you know, like out here, maybe not so much. But when you're living in the city, um, and it's so hard to get anywhere, maybe they have like an employee locker room of sorts. Well, I, yeah, the locker room I have no problem with because I see that all the time with like. Uh, you know, supermarkets have it for yeah. their employees, like a like you know, you know, electronic stores. They're, you know, stores have places for employees to put their stuff. Sure. Got it. I just I just thought the shower was an odd thing. It, it might be one of them things they kind of like. You know, we're like, well, this is what we want to do for the story. Um, yeah. Though the suspension of disbelief again. Yeah. 
Um, Anywho, it leads us because she's singing in the shower, and she's singing. What is she singing? See, baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. Right. She's singing, baby, it's cold outside, and he hears it, and he starts singing along with her, and he's like sitting on the sink while she's in the shower, and he's like, they're kind of like, um, like um, it's like a duet. Acapella, it's like a like duet, a, like, a, like an acapella duet type thing. And of course, they get to the big crescendo of the song. And he belts out, and she's like, "Wait a minute!" She realizes somebody else is there. Yeah. yeah. So it freaks her out, and he runs out, and he runs into the wall screaming. Yeah, because he covers his eyes yeah. and runs into the lockers. Yeah, because she's like, "Don't look at me!" And he's like, "Ah!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he runs into the lockers, and and then so and then of course that that leads then the store opens and stuff like that, like I was saying, and the people are all amazed. Face on love walks in. He's like, and he's he's completely shocked. There's like a there's there's a bunch of edits of him just looking at stuff with his mouth agape, going, "What what what is all he, this?" And he assumes <laughs> that somebody from corporate yeah, sent in somebody. Was a great joke. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, somebody somebody from corporate was sent in to make the place look better because he didn't do good enough of a job. Yeah, so, so they think like yeah, they think there's a mole for corporate. Yeah, and he's like, and he says like, you know, if you see anything, if you hear anything, you contact me on my radio channel three. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought that was funny because it's and, and he's like, and he's like, he's uh, like, we're in the, we're in this together. If I go down, we all go down. He's like, and I'm like the, yeah, the code not. word, the code <laughs> phrase is, "Mama's got a brand new bag." Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> I, was I like, thought that was hilarious. I hope that was improv. I just hope yeah. that was improv. But the um, um, but basically he, her, you know, Will Ferrell's uh, talking to Zoe Deschanel, saying, you know, you got a great voice, and that you shouldn't hide it, and that you know, yeah, you should sing more often. She's like, I don't sing for people because she's too, she's too shy about yeah. it and stuff like that. The irony is that Zoe Deschanel is actually a musical recording artist. Yeah. So she's actually have done like albums and stuff. So she's actually a real singer. Yeah, and and, and um, he, he explains that there's nothing more, there's no other better way to bring out Christmas spirit than to sing, um, in front of people, you know. And so he shows his example of it to everybody. He's just like saying, "I'm singing. Here's me singing." You know, that's what he does. He just explains what he's doing um, when he sings. And then, of course, the store manager's just like, "There's no singing in the North Pole." And he's like, "Yeah, there is. There's always singing. There's tons of singing, especially when we're making toys." <laughs> yeah. And then this, and then we trans- transition over to where the the store Santa shows up. Yeah. And as we all, as we all seen from Bad Santa, store Santas uh, don't tend to be uh, the nicest people, or 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 whatever. Uh, but this store Santa is played by Artie Lang, the comedian, and and of course Buddy knows it's not the real Santa, and he goes up to him and he's just like, "You're not the real Santa." And the guy goes, "Of course I am." And then and then um. He's like, what's he smell? You smell like, was like beef and cheese and something like yeah. that. And anywho, anywho, it leads to a physical uh, uh, confrontation between the store Santa because he pulls down, he pulls off the uh, the beard, the, the fake beard, and it freaks all the kids out and stuff. <laughs> and it's just to, uh, to, to be to be fair, I, I would blame a buddy on this one because though yeah. even if he was a little bit of a weird guy, he was trying to do his job, and the guy and and buddy just made it worse. So. Um, so then he, of course, Buddy gets fired, though he didn't work there at all anyway. Um, he also gets arrested. Yeah, he does get arrested. And the only person, of course, he knows to call is his father. Um, and at the same time, I think we had a scene before this, before we, uh, got him out of jail was a scene with his family where he comes home 
And yeah, he's married to Mary Steenburge, and they have a young son. I guess he's like, I don't know. I guess, it looks like, like he's like 15 or 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah around there. Um, and and he's, he he goes and looks in like an old photo album, um, and he sees the same picture that Buddy has of of him and Buddy's mom. So he's starting to like piece these things together of like, perhaps I do have a long lost son. So he goes and gets him out of prison, and then he takes him. Th- isn't this when he takes him to the doctor? Yeah, this is where we meet. Uh, we meet John Favreau in his appearance in the yeah, movie. Yeah, John Favreau has a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Director's cameo, um, and he, it's a pediatrician's office of all places. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no idea how he knows the John Favreau character. He just knows him, and the they um, take like blood from Buddy. And they can't get him to stand still. He keeps eating the cotton balls yeah. out of the uh, out of the thing. I'm ho- I'm assuming that those were just like cotton candy balls that they made. I'm sure. Like cotton balls, and he keeps eating them. And then John Favreau, they're trying to get him to take the blood, and then he keep he won't do it. He keeps grabbing stuff. Basically, he's a giant kid, essentially. And so they basically run a DNA test, which was very quick, by the way. A very quick Apparently. DNA test. And it was done in a couple of minutes. Um, this is a great like little scene between buddy and this other little girl patient who's there and she and he's like you know what do you want for christmas and she says she wants i forgot what she wanted and he's like oh, i'll put in a good word for you um with santa claus she's like thank you and then she's like oh i like your elf costume he's like oh it's not my costume it's my actual i'm an actual elf um so that's really cool so basically the dna tests come back and uh in in a very maury fashion in the maury povich show um james Conn uh, you are the father. Yeah. You are Buddy's father, and he, and he's like, and it's like, I, what do I do with him? You know, he thinks he's he's kind, he thinks he's crazy because yeah. he thinks he's an elf. And John Favreau says, you know, take him home to meet your meet your wife, meet your son. You know, treat him as part of the family, and you know he'll probably eventually snap out of it once once he's got getting over this kind of regressive intellectual phase where he, you know, probably didn't have a father, so he's overcompensating, all this kind of, like, you know, psychological stuff. And he decides, so that's what he does. But he decides to warn his wife that um, he thinks he's an elf. And she's like, he can't be, he can't think, he, Which, he can't think he's an elf. I'll, I'll have to say it, she's the most understanding wife that's fi- found, I've seen that it. I've seen yeah. that's found out that my husband had a kid with somebody else years earlier. And did, yeah, like thirty something yeah, years ago, which yeah. you know, understandably, I would be. You know, it's not like he. I mean, he knew, so uh, you know. But still, it's like she was like super okay with it. She's like, "Wow, this is amazing." She's a yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's very, very loving and understanding. And you wonder how she's with James Gunn. Cool. Yeah, who's <laughs> an asshole? <laughs> like you said, he's kind of a jerk. Um, or at least he's he, like, he, or at least he's like emotionally like distant like he's a very like quiet like you know like you know he he leaves he obviously leaves the dinner table a lot because it happened because they make you know the son tries to leave too when they're having dinner and he's you know his mom makes him stay and he probably just is the typical works all the time dad that never spends time with his family absentee father stuff like that i mean they look yeah they look to be well off financially comfortable um so obviously he's successful at his work but probably takes up most of his time. Um, but basically, she's the only one who who is kind of pushing both, um, you know, James Conn character and the son character to, you know, be patient with Buddy, 
and until he like recovers or snaps out of it. Um, and it, it's so basically we have a di- we have a dinner scene. There's a dinner scene, and we learn that Buddy loves that uh, that sweet sweet sugar. Yeah, on everything. Steven. He's like the food groups. Uh, the elves st- stick to three food groups: uh, candy, uh, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the food groups for them. So uh, he they must have terrible blood sugar levels. Yeah, terrible. You know, they must have just over time evolved to just have sugar in their in their blood. You know, like it, like a lot of it, and and, and just live off of it. Yeah, uh, diabetes may be a problem in the elf community. That or they're magical and it doesn't matter. Oh, that's true too. They are magical beings, so perhaps their 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 blood is not like our blood. Or their, but the thing their is, his buddy's is not like our buddy's anatomy. human, so it's going to affect him. A buddy is human though, so <laughs> that's a problem. Anywho, they're having spaghetti. Yeah, and he asks for syrup. Syrup. <laughs> And she's the, and then Mary Steenburgen is like that's spaghetti, and he's like, oh wait a minute, never mind. I have some. I may have some here. He does. Apparently, he carries a little, a little bottle of syrup in his, in his sleeve. <laughs> he takes that out and he, and he starts eating it. Uh, not starts. Eating, he pours it on the spaghetti. Starts eating it, and um, yeah, everyone thinks he's kind of, not all there. He drink. Um, he drinks a whole bottle of. Uh... Two, oh, two of, liter of coke. of coke, and then there's the another kind of like a rememberable scene where he burps for at least a good twenty seconds. Yeah, that's <laughs> when like they're in the other room yeah. and the sun, the sun's sitting there, and he burps for like twenty seconds. He's like, "Did because, you hear like, that? That was yeah, unbelievable." Did you hear that? Yeah. And it's um, yeah, it, it's so. And then there's a scene later on where Buddy can't get to sleep unless. You know, uh, James <laughs> this Tom, is very. James this Tom would eventually be tucks him in. Yeah, this would eventually be Step Brothers. Like you could, it feels yeah, like Step Brothers. He, but he starts calling. He's like, Dad, Dad, Dad. <laughs> he's calling him in the other room, and it comes. He's like, What is it? And it's like, Yeah, I need you to tuck me in. Um, and then I, so I like tucks him in, and then and the next morning, well, he um, try, he tucks him in, and he tries to tickle fight him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> I never thought I'd see James Conn in a tickle fight yeah. before, but yeah, he's, he he, he is doing his best to be re- restrained this whole Very time. Restrained. Like you can tell, he just wants to like go off on this motherfucker. Yeah, like throw him out a window, yeah. basically. And so he, so they go together. So the next morning, like Buddy's having. Doesn't he make them like? He makes them breakfast and sp- yeah. But also like the spaghetti and syrup, like breakfast or something like yeah. that and he also like um gives them like 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 mary steenburgen has some and she's just going along with it and then he and then he gives her like a whole bag of <laughs> bag of spaghetti to take to take to take to uh to work for lunch and it's like okay whatever and then he has this whole list of things he wants to do with james Conn. he wants to like was like like make like gingerbread that. houses or yeah make gingerbread houses and go for and then it ends with like cuddle snu- yeah hold hands <laughs> oh yeah all kind of like kid dad stuff that he wants to do and then James Conn's like I gotta go to work gotta go to work yeah. and he's like oh okay so he tries and to then, he tries to leave and then he gets a call and it's it's Buddy calling him and he's like how did you call me he's him like five minutes after he leaves he's the like house. well yeah you, you, your wife left me emergency he, numbers yeah he's like oh it worked. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, how did you get the snubber? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, okay, I'll call you in five minutes. Like, don't, no, no, no. don't call me in five. I'll minutes. call you. Like, I'll call you. Okay, you'll like, call me okay. in five minutes. All right. No, no, no. Yeah. I'll call you. Okay, bye. <laughs> so, buddy, all day. Um, also, we we forgot to say that 
buddy made a, a, a rocking horse out of, like, the television stand. Yeah. And where did you get the wood to make that? Yeah. yeah, where'd you get the wood to make that? And it's just an intercut shot of this, the, the TV on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I believe, like, he's there, and he starts also doing the same stuff he was doing at Gimbal's, where he's just decorating the whole apartment. Yeah. Right? And then he's, like, eating, like... Like he, he like takes oh, like yeah that breakfast oh uh, my goodness he puts like, like marshmallows like pop pop tarts yeah like gumdrops yeah. and like it crumbles up like uh, I'm assuming like like chocolate bars or whatever and I don't know how Will Ferrell got hopefully that was one take because man I couldn't do that more than one take huh? but yeah so he, that's what he eats for breakfast just a sugar sugar feast and then like I said like he's decorating the whole apartment. And then um, I think this is when isn't this when we cut to when the kid's getting out of school? Yeah, the kid's getting uh, out Michael? of school, and he and he and he's uh, and he's sitting there across the street, right? Well, he's is it doesn't he start? Does the kid start throwing? Um, well, yeah, this would be, it gets to that point, yeah. but he's he's sitting outside the school, and the school gets out, and the, and Michael walks out. And he just he's yelling at him across the street like Michael, yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And he's like, it's me, buddy. It's your brother. And then, like, the kid's like, do you know that person? And he's like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and then so the kid, so he's chasing him basically down the streets of New York, New York City. And and he finally meets up with him in Central Park, and they get ambushed by, like, other kids throwing snowballs at him. And they have this big, massive snowball fight where apparently Buddy is very well equipped at making the most perfect snowballs I've ever seen. I've yeah. never seen snowball snowballs so round and so perfect in my life. And of before. course he throws them at like gun speed. Yeah, yeah. it reminded me of uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah. With uh, um, that kid in Rookie of the Year with the, when his arm just goes back and he swings it forward, but he's doing a rapid fire and he's just like catapulting these, 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 these snowballs at these kids and just nailing them. So that's a really cool like endearing moment between you know, brothers, I guess. Yeah, this is where they become they become friends. And uh, so then they go off and they run around the department store. Yes. Yeah. And that's where he, he goes back to Gimbal's yeah. and and uh, he, you know, reunites with uh, Jovi's character. And the little brother's like, oh, do you, do you, do you like that girl? Like, do you like her? He's like, you know, what, you know, he's, he's giving him like advice about how to like talk to her and how to ask her out on a date, essentially. Yeah. Which he does. Which he does, um, and they're gonna go out to dinner not to not that time, but Thursday, because she because she does she doesn't have time till then, and basically that gets them all happy. And then I think we go back to where they're at the apartment at night, and they're putting up that gigantic Christmas tree that he got. Yeah, it looks like straight out of Christmas Vacation, where it's way too big for the yeah. for the apartment. Don't ask me how they got it all the way up there, but. Um, and they're like putting lights up and stuff, and then James Khan's character goes into the other room to talk to Mary Steenburgen's character again about like you know what like I we can't have we can't have, look what he did to the whole look, look what he did to the whole place he put up all these all these decorations and all this kind of stuff what what are we gonna do with him he's like okay you you know what you take tomorrow off from work and you can watch him and he, she's like I'm not gonna do that I have a budget meeting and he's like she's like you take him to work. You take him to your work t- tomorrow, yeah. and then you can watch him there. And then, meanwhile, there's an intercut between uh, Buddy trying to like put the uh, star on top of the tree, and he goes and he jumps, and he <laughs> and he latches onto the tree, and then it falls back down on him. <laughs> it's great. It's great. So basically, the next day, 
he walks they both they both walk into work together and they're both wearing the same exact outfit <laughs> and it's kind of i guess you know similar to the north pole where all the elves are wearing the same exact outfits basically yeah and then he's walking across he's walking with him his dad says you know good morning to this person he'll he'll say good morning and then his dad will talk to somebody he'll talk to somebody it's kind of a kid like you know take your child to work day it's really kind of endearing and in this case you know his dad's like the santa claus yeah kind of or even like the papa elf of the yeah. of the group or whatnot and and it's kind of very interesting because i know when i was a kid when i was really really young you know i always wanted to emulate my own father yeah. you know that's i think that seems to happen with a lot of sons and their fathers and whatnot. I mean, I think it just seems to be natural. So you get to see Buddy kind of, kind of reliving a childhood in a microcosm form throughout throughout this movie, throughout the middle part of this movie. And it's very interesting how straight Will Ferrell's character, Will Ferrell can play it. Yeah. And how, I guess it's been so endearing and so believably, you know, wonderful for people that it's, you know, obviously become this you know this film people keep going back to 17 years later and so basically buddy sits in the corner of his dad's office and he's just being annoying whatever being annoying to pass the time reading a book and because he meets like one guy called uh francisco and he thinks that's a cool name so he keeps saying francisco over and over again (laughs) francisco (laughs) Francisco, Ooh, that's a cool name. So basically, then he sends him to the basement, and he's like, "Buddy, you ever seen a mail room before?" Yeah, and, and yeah, and it's this great shiny place where people put like mail in people's bins, and has to go throughout the whole building. And he sends him down there, and the place might as well be the gulag. Well, is... I was gonna say though, <laughs> to me, I think that this whole that whole scenario is kind of reminiscent of how they send him to the quality control area at the North Pole. You know, where they took him oh, off yes. the line and they made him check all the jack-in-the-boxes. So basically... Oh my goodness, we forgot about that yeah, scene yeah. where he has to check all the jack-in-the-boxes and he just has to... He knows it's about to jump out and it scares him every f- time. It scares him every single time. And then the last one um, delays a little bit and then he thinks it's de- like, oh, d- it's got a defect. It's defective. And then it pops mm. out again and it's, fuck! You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but so I think that that parallels that somewhat to where it's like he gets thrown into what is considered to be the the job that nobody wants, you know. And it's very interesting how because of his unique situation of, you know, how, you know, who he is, he doesn't fit in the elf world and he doesn't fit in the human world. Yeah. So where does he ultimately fit in? Nowhere. And I think that's a very subtle theme that the film really capitalizes on in this situation. But but I think that it what it does is it says that that being not being in, like into compartmentalized in a group makes you special, which is though makes you unique. Makes yeah. you unique. You know, even though the elves made fun of it, certain ones made fun of him early on, they did before that make a point that you know just because he doesn't have the same skills as they do doesn't mean that he hasn't got skills. It means that he's special, right? Uh, and that's true in 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 its own way. They might not have meant it the same way. But it is true that I think, you know, people shouldn't be striving to be the same as everybody else. Right. You know? Which is a really, really great message, I think, yeah. for everyone. You know, be your own unique self. Don't give it, don't, doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. Um, everyone's unique in their own, you know, special way. 
Um, but while he's down in the mailroom, he, you know, he's putting these letters into these tubes and putting them up these chutes and whatever, and he's kind of playing around. The guy, so he tries to befriend, well, he does befriend, he befriends the man next to him, who is, I guess, he's out on a work release program <laughs> from a prison, and he's, he's like, oh, okay. And then, and then, um, so he, so the guy's like kind of sipping on something, some alcoholic beverage, and I, I don't know what it is, whiskey or something, who knows. Um, so he thinks he, he thinks it's syrup because the guy pulls it yeah. out of like his pocket or something. So he puts it in his cup. Anywho, they end up getting drunk and kind of like, like just talking about nonsense while sitting on a pallet of envelopes and stuff. And and then he and then he starts like this big like dance thing where this big like everybody like he's dancing on top of a table and everybody's cheering him on and then it's it's all anarchy yeah, yeah, yeah. craziness ensues and at the same time uh, i think uh james conn's yeah, boss he's having a meeting his boss his, comes in and oh yeah the boss comes in not happy about that that misprint that, uh, yeah stuff before he's like you know you know my grandkids were reading this the other day and look they got to the end and they're look they're just blank pages there what <laughs> happened to the puppy and the pigeon he's like but either know. way this this book sucks <laughs> you know, by the way this book sucks <laughs> so you bet so i want you to be so i'm going to come back in town on december 24th and you better have an idea for another book for the first quarter because this book is not doing well either so he brings in his top two um or his, his his writers he brings in his writers and one is portrayed by um andy richter yeah and i think the other was portrayed by kyle gas maybe from from um uh what's the the band that jack black has oh are you talking about tenacious d yeah. tenacious d i'm pretty sure kyle yeah yeah that's him. that's him d. that's him yes and they're supposed to be the top two writers, and Michael Lerner was actually the guy who 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 was his boss. Um, <clears throat> so he brings in his top two writers, and his top two writers' grand idea is to bring in another writer, <laughs> which is like, like a famous what? guy, Miles Finch. Yeah, he's got more bestsellers than Stephen King, they say. Yeah, and so we're gonna bring him in, and, and so that comes and that comes that, that comes back later, or it comes back yeah, a little. It comes back later. Well, he, he so they're gonna bring him in. Yeah, but. He gets a phone, but so they get him on the phone to to like lure him in, and he's got like this demand where he needs to he needs like a BMW to pick him up at the airport tomorrow morning, and the internal temperature of the car has to be exactly seventy one <laughs> degrees, exactly seventy one yeah. degrees. Uh, it's kind of making fun of the whole celebrities and whoever, like you know, where they have like specific sets of demands yeah. for certain things, like like an actor or actress will have a certain demand, like while making a movie where. I don't know, certain food demands or comfort demands or whatever. But anywho, they're making kind of making fun of that. And he decides that, uh, so in the middle of it, the receptionist calls into him while he's on the phone, Amy Sedaris, and says, you know, the mailroom is calling for you. Uh, there's a problem with Buddy. And he's like, he's like, stop, like, I'm on the phone, stop it. And, mm-hmm. and she's like, there's a big problem on there. You got to go down there. And then, and Peter, and I almost gave it away. Uh, <laughs> Miles Finch is like, who's that? What's happening? I'm not, you know, I'm going to hang up. And then, but then he like, but then he relents and he says, 71 degrees. And he click and then the phone's <laughs> off. So then he talks the person in the mail room and it's like what's happening down there <laughs> and it's just all chaos is breaking loose down there all jovial chaos i should yeah. say is breaking loose down there and then and then it doesn't really cut to any consequences other than he just like leaves with buddy 
leaves the leave like leaves the uh, work with buddy um the work yeah leaves work with buddy um but so he's going to um i think this is when we he, he goes on his he date goes with on Jovi, his date, isn't yeah. it yeah and they have a really lovely date um where they he basically takes her to all the places that he discovered when he first got to new york like he takes her to that to that um that um that um dine that diner with uh, that has the world's best coffee and she's like <laughs> this is a shitty cup of coffee and he's like he's like no it's like, the oh, world's yeah, this best this is a shitty cup of coffee yeah. <laughs> he's like no it's the world's best coffee <laughs> and then and then he takes her to that the spinning door yeah. and stuff and and they yeah they have a really really nice time and then and he takes her to a christmas tree that's really nice and yes. then she takes him Time to the big yeah. one um, that he hadn't seen. He's like, wow, that's a big tree. Yeah, that's like the, probably like the Rockefeller yeah, tree, I'm yeah. guessing. So, uh, yeah, and then it ends with a kiss. Yeah. Yeah, they kiss each other. Yeah, and then the, during the, yeah, they, they, they fall for one another. It's, it's very simple, like, there's not a lot of, how do I say this? The film is very thin in regards sure. to creating uh, really strong character relationships. Like, you'll get one or two scenes of character relationship stuff and then once it's established the movie moves on to something else yeah i would you know, say it's a short movie the movie's only like 95 minutes yeah long. if you wanted movie. to say anything maybe you know uh for zoe deschanel's character uh, i want more of her huh in the movie well of course i would like to have more of her in the movie well of course but i was gonna say if you wanted to draw any <laughs> conclusion of why that she would be attracted to him is because he's kind of the opposite of her. You know, uh, she's kind of a more yeah. down, deadpan character, and she, he brings out the 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 fun that she maybe has in her. You know, and the fact that he, of course, gives her courage, too, to do something that she right. enjoys later, um, you know, is yeah, always... Yeah, the whole idea of maybe perhaps opposites, uh, op- opposites attract yeah. thing that people, mindset that people have or ideology, whatever that people have or you know perhaps she just loves that his you know his continued positivity in the world well because she is, you could say she maybe takes herself yeah. too seriously and he is completely innocent and childlike yeah. and and positive yeah. like he's a kind of a beacon of positivity and you know happiness which is makes other I people mean, happy it's even it's even more scarce now than yeah. it was back in 2003 yeah i mean with everything the way this crap year is gone um, and it's yeah. So they have a really nice connection there, but I would like to have seen more with their relationship because we hadn't seen much of it since he had gone with his brother back to that store, and that was it. They only really have, I want to say, what three or four, maybe five scenes in the movie together entirely. Yeah. I want to say something like that, and it's a really short film. But anywho, so they have a nice date, and then he, so. So we get so now we cut back to the publishing office and the big the big guy the big <laughs> big author best selling author that they wanted has finally showed up Miles Fitch and he's portrayed by none other than Peter Dinklage <laughs> who of course is now much more well known than he was in two thousand and three I can tell you that mm-hmm. um, because of his turn in um, Game of Thrones and and other films and whatnot. But yeah, so he shows up, and I, I kind of, I kind of recognized his voice on the phone, but I couldn't quite pin it down. Yeah. And so he shows up, and he is, he's all business. 
you know, he's all like he's got he's got a, a small notebook full of great ideas that he's going to lay out. He wants to know what their ideas are. But he's a very, you know, commanding, serious guy. Like he's all he's all yeah. down to business. So they start like they start talking kind of like this board meeting type setting. And Peter Dinklage is about to give them like what his idea is because they throw out some 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 ideas and they're all terrible like farm ideas about like talking fruit and some yeah. nonsense <laughs> and it's like it's and he's like and he's like yeah like agri- like farm farm based stories are kind of out now they're not they're not they don't do like quite like they used to do so i've got an idea about like any i forgot what his idea was it was ridiculous anyway but he but he's about to lay it down and then buddy bursts in the door and says that he's you know, he's in love. He, I'm in he's love. He's in love. <laughs> he's in love. <laughs> and he's all happy. He just got. I mean, I'm assuming this was after the date, but the date looked like it was at night. I, th- I, th- I guess it's the next, the next morning, day. and he's been out all night on a high. You know. Yeah, he's walking on sunshine. He's walking. Yeah, he's walking on sunshine. You gonna sing again? Sing, yeah, you're about to I was sing. About to sing it. Uh, but he comes well, in, and and, and of course, this is where his oh, his unknowing, yeah. not knowing the real world. But he looks at. Of course, Peter Dinklage is a is is a uh, is a dwarf. Uh, yeah, he's a little person. Yeah, yeah. and he uh, he says, "Well, well, well, I didn't know you had elves going to be." Here. <laughs> he, uh, he says stuff. Yeah, Buddy proceeds to say stuff that's insulting to someone like Peter Dinklage, but he doesn't realize that it's insulting. Yeah, like he's like, oh, he, he 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 calls him an he keeps calling him an elf, and he keeps um <laughs> you know telling him like you know. I'm talking about him like working in Santa's workshop. Does Santa know all, you've left the workshop? Yeah, they, they all, and and to be honest, people use those insults to insult you know people who are short and you know. Yeah. And he doesn't know Peter Dinklage's character is getting furiously yeah. pissed, and he's like he's like coming back at him, and Buddy just not picking up on this at all. He's not getting the uh, the anger in the room at all, yeah. and and he say and Dinklage is like. Say say elf one more time, and he says it, and, <laughs> and he, he comes drop he kicks charges him. over the table and runs at him. He drop like kicks beating him, the heck out of him, <laughs> flips him onto the table, throws him into the wall, and then uh yeah, so then he fi- he just finally leaves. He just storms out because he calls him elf just, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got him in a chokehold. He's like, call me, he's elf, like, again. Call me elf again. Yeah, uh, you're you're, you're, you're an angry elf. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's it, and. He leaves, but he leaves his notebook. Yeah. There. So they uh, proceed to actually played. Yeah. They proceed to take his little, ideas, one of his ideas. Yeah, which I thought would have played a bigger, like, bigger role in the plot than it did. Other than in, in one scene later on, they bring it up and then yeah. it's never heard of yeah. again. It's kind of irrelevant. Well, it becomes but, irrelevant because what he decides to make later. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. But but I thought it would put, like something like that in. In another movie, would be like a third act plot device, yeah. and it just turns out to be nothing. Yeah, you know, just they don't do anything with it. Um, it so, just ended up being a comic beat, you know, like yeah, pretty much. Um, so, so of course, uh, James Conn's character Walter is furious because this was because he's under a lot of pressure to get a book out early next, early the following year to make up for the his mess his mess up before, or else he's gonna get fired, and he's really like. You know, stressed out for that, so he basically he tells Buddy to go take a hike. Screw yeah. off! I don't want to like, like I don't want to see you. Don't want to you know. Don't want to associate with you. Basically, kicks him out of his life. Kicks him out out of his life, and Buddy decides that he's going to uh, run away. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
he's gonna he's gonna run away with uh he's gonna run he leaves a he leaves a note on an etch a sketch yeah and leaves it leaves it on the like the dining room table or whatever also Stephen I want to say in all of my years of life I've never figured out how to use an etch a sketch effectively could never it's been draw anything could never write my name could never do anything with yeah it. I mean I used to like messing around with one but I, I don't know that I ever got as good as he got. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't think I don't know. There, there's many people that have ever gotten that good. I could barely like, like make a straight line on those things. Yeah, because I just could never figure out. There's only two knobs on them, and like up and down, or left and right, and whatever. And so I, I never understood how people could like draw pictures on them or something like that. Um, takes a lot more patience and uh, artistry than I have, and skill. But um, so he leaves the note and he runs away and. Um, everything kind of moves quicker, quickly here in terms of like you know, there's always that lull moment in the movie where you know the main character's feeling down, and then the people around him are like like feeling sad that he's gone. This happens very very quickly, mm-hmm. and the son is is freaked out because you know Buddy's run away, so he goes to see his dad, who's in who's in that who's in the meeting with those those guy those head it's christmas eve. it's christmas book. eve so he's yeah it's christmas eve and he's supposed he's to pitch the working. new idea and he doesn't have really i mean he has an idea that he's stealing from this guy so then the son bo- walks into the meeting and says you know we got to find buddies run away and then the boss is like basically telling him you know kid you need to leave and this is where <laughs> and this is where he has to make a choice the you know james con's gonna make a choice and he decides that uh you know he chooses family, which is what he should have done from the beginning. You know? but yeah, it, it, yeah. If there's any negative, like I said, negative stuff about that, is some of the plot lines stuff is kind of underwritten and whatnot. And he makes his turn from being extremely mad and hateful towards Buddy to like, I'm gonna quit my job to go look for Buddy yeah. in a matter of minutes. Yeah. In terms of the movie's runtime, and yeah. So basically, the, there was a scene beforehand with the two writers who had found the notebook, and they were like, and he's like, just. You know, go, go. You know, I got forty-five minutes. Go make a, go make a, um, a basically start a pitch for it. Go make a storyboard. 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 Yeah. That's what it was. A storyboard. And then that, you know, the, the after scene is when the boss, show, boss shows up and the son shows up, and they go out to look for Buddy. And Buddy's like hanging around the park, like walking around the woods. Yeah. And Central park. and he sees Santa. And Santa's yeah, Santa's crash landing. He's crash landing in in Central Park, and uh, so he goes to find him and. Uh, yeah, he's he, he needs help, and uh, this is where the big climax is, starts to happen. It starts it's starting to, starting to happen. So Ed Asner, of course, makes his triumphant return as, as Santa Claus as he should, and I love how when Buddy's approaching him, like Ed Asner turns into like you know, like angry. I'm gonna beat the crap out of you, Santa. <laughs> like, like like back away, back away, punk. I'm gonna I'm gonna. He's in New uh, York, I, you I, know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I have a stick. I know how to use it, and. And so, but he's like, buddy, that, that's you. He's like, yeah, like, like, oh god, I'm so glad you're here. And then there's there's the moment where like, like where Santa's like, yeah, you're an elf, you can fix this, you know, you're, you know, you're always in it, you're always going to be an elf, and no matter what. So, but but he's like, hey, you know, my the engine kind of crashed, you know, someplace in the woods back there. Go get it and reattach it. Um, so he goes to look for the engine, and he ends up stumbling upon James Caan and his and the son Michael, and they, and so now they're all gonna like help Santa out, basically. Yeah. 
So Buddy's got to reattach the 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 engine, get that all set back up. But of course the the park is now like shut down. Well, at the same time, there's been other witnesses the news, to the yeah. yeah. So now that and the the news people are there because their witnesses saw like well they thought something was Santa that crash something crash landed in the park and people were like you know curious about it so the news is there and this is where Zoe Deschanel decides or she you know they, they need the Christmas well, that doesn't quite happen yet okay. what happens is like the New York police like release the the was it the Central Park Rangers, which is basically who, like, the the Night Riders from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I thought that too. Like these are the Ring Rays, the, the Ring Rays, Central yeah. Park Rangers. Yeah, you like, like don't see their like face. They 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 like ride in like a, the the like in a sequence. And the news lady is like, yeah, they, you know, the controversial group. You know, they're still under investigation for breaking up a riot in 1985. And I'm like, this took a turn. All right, what's going on here? And then so like there's the news la- yeah there's a newswoman they keep cutting back to a news broadcast where she's like interviewing like people saying oh do you think it's Santa what do you think it is and interviewing like children and whatnot and and I it's it's, it's interesting and then there's a there's a one intercut news like portion where like this dude just like constantly hitting on her yeah it was so random <laughs> it was just so random he would just like stick like you you, you know like, you, you have a nice he, mouth. Yeah, like really creepy shit. Yeah. Like really creepy stuff in in the conversation. Yeah, really disturbing. I don't know why they threw that in there. But um uh so Buddy's got to fix the engine, but of course these rangers are going to show up soon. So they decide to dress uh James Conn's character of Walter up as Santa Claus and he's going to go and confront the uh rangers as like a distraction. And meanwhile the kid uh, the young boy Michael, he he has Santa's book of like, um, like list of like gifts and his naughty and nice list. list. Naughty and nice. Naughty list. and nice list. And he's like, so he grabs that and he runs out to where the people are. He's trying. He, try, he gets on TV. When, when he hears he that Christmas spirit helps the sleigh go. Yeah, they need, they need to get this sleigh off the ground. You know, so he he, he wants to try to build up the Christmas spirit by going in front of the news cameras and trying to convince people that Santa's real. Um, yeah, because when he went, went yeah, he went into the sleigh like when Santa instructed him. He read like his name in the book and it said that he wanted a skateboard, but it's not just any skateboard. So he, you know, he believes in Santa. So the sleigh raises up a little bit, and then so he decided he thinks like you said, Stephen. If he goes and like starts reading people's names and what they want from the list, they'll, they'll be they'll start believing in Santa. Yeah, and it'll get the sleigh to go off the ground. And he actually does and, it with the reporter, and and it ends up being like something very personal. Like, yeah, I want like, I want an engagement wh- ring. For my my my, for my boyfriend to make a commitment, yeah, <laughs> get off his ass and make a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> so he just so he's doing he's doing that, and then he's reading off names, and it's and then it'll cut to like the people whose names he's reading off. So, some dude them, in a bar, yeah, some dude in a bar, and then it'll be like people at a diner. And then it's the little girl that uh, Buddy met in the um, the doctor's office yeah. earlier in the movie, um, and then she and the, so. Basically, like, this stuff is starting to get the sleigh off the ground, but the engine's still not fixed yet. And Buddy's trying to fix it, but Santa's like, I gotta go because, you know, the ranger's are right there. So he's, like, he's like bumping on the ground across Central Park trying to fly, and they fix the engine for, like, a second, but then it, like, explodes It gets again. knocked off by a tree, I think, or something. Yeah, that, yeah. and it goes flying. Yeah. And basically Santa's just, like... Gliding on spirit. Cra- yeah. They're about to crash land. And 
and but meanwhile Zoe Deschanel starts singing like as you were hinting at before. Um, where does she start singing? I forgot what she starts singing. Uh, uh, it's Santa's coming to town. Yeah, Santa Claus is coming to town, and she starts singing, and because she sees but <laughs> she sees Buddy on the news broadcast, and the way they shot it, I thought was hilarious because they oh, shot yeah. it like like the Bigfoot yeah. footage that you've seen on. There's like, a man in Central shows. Park that we. <laughs> yeah, you, you've seen it. He's even walking exactly like the Bigfoot footage. Yeah. And he looks back towards the camera like the Bigfoot footage, and it's Buddy. And so she sees him, so she leaves her apartment and she goes down there. Uh, to see what's going on, and then she runs into the, she runs into the kid to to Michael, and then she starts singing because she, I guess she, you know, to get up the courage, sing. She has the courage to sing now in front of people because of Buddy. Well, yeah, he like and I said, he she says wants to that raise Christmas spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can said, see though, you can see all these pieces coming together here. Yeah, and so she sings, and everybody mm-hmm. starts joining in, and it bumps up the Christmas spirit. You see people everywhere singing. The people in the bar are singing. The people in the mail room are singing. Um, it's kind of like the end of the movie Scrooged, where he's like on the on the live camera and he's singing the "Put a little love in your heart," you know. And then, nice. so yeah, I was thinking of uh, the end of Ghostbusters two when all the people of New York start singing, yeah, and it, it starts killing Vigo the Carpathian. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My went yeah, sure. there. Either way, it's effective. It works. So, but everybody's singing except for James Caan's character. And Buddy's like, and not Buddy, but Michael's like, hey, you know, you're not singing, Dad. You're just, you're just, you know, going along with the words. You know, you're like mumbling along with the words with your mouth. And she's like, he's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not. And it's like, okay, fine. So he starts singing, and the little speedometer of Christmas spirit on the sleigh, like, goes up to 11 or full tank of gas. And then Santa lifts up off the ground fully before he's about to crash into something. And then they fly over the crowd, and yeah, and then yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, it's Santa!" And yeah, yeah, wow, and, yeah, wow. And then Buddy's there, and he starts waving at everybody, and and that's yeah. and then from there that's on, it's just kind of the, like a montage to the end of and like just kind of like a little epilogue about um, you know the fi- you know she, you know Buddy, Buddy stuff, ended up you know? getting together with uh, Zoe Deschanel. And then they had they you know they they get together and it, you see that the families are hanging out and then Buddy goes back up to the North Pole and it seems that he's had a kid too with uh, yeah he visits there yeah. along with jo- along with Jovi they have a kid and then um, also um you know James Caan's character he's he started his own publishing company yeah, and he with, and he uses Buddy's story uh, yeah, that becomes <coughs> a bestseller and yeah that's kind of the way the movie ends yeah. Yay! Yay! Elf! Elf! It's, <laughs> it's uh, it's like I said, it's become a Christmas cult classic every year. Every year, people watch it, they post about it, and I was asking Stephen, I don't know at what point did this movie become that? At what point does I don't know? Be- I, I think a lot over? of it. I mean, it's funny because, to me, I look at cult classics as as being something that was not popular. And then got popular. This was yeah. Maybe I'm using the word cult classic. Wrong, yeah, I was probably. gonna say because like this, this, um, this I think grossed to over like 225 yeah. million on a 33 yeah, yeah, 33 million dollar budget. So it's a big yeah. hit. Um, it's a big yeah. That's a I would say that's it, a it's just become a little bit. It's become uh, I guess maybe not cult classic, but more like when did it become a sen a seminal a seminal uh, film? Yeah, a seminal Christmas you know, holiday film, film for yeah. every single year. I don't know when that happened. And I wanted to actually, 
this is a good time to drop this bomb. I have not seen this movie from beginning to end in like 17 since years. Since it came out. Since I, originally to- since I originally bought the DVD. And I've had the DVD sitting on my shelf and I've just never rewatched it from beginning to end. I've seen certain scenes. I've seen, of course, references to it. And of course, I know the movie. I've just, I've never, it's never made my rotation of like personal Christmas films for me to watch every year. I, I apparently you know I, mean? I have to watch it every year now because my wife uh, it's oh. one of her favorites so I got you're obligated I'm yeah. now obligated to watch it probably every year now and what what I find and I mean this makes perfect sense now that you mention your wife uh, loving the movie and watching it every year with you is it seems to be people from our generation you know from you know people around our age who who saw it back in 2013 when they were like we said teenagers or whatever. Or even people who were younger had saw it, seen it at the time. They're the ones now who are the adults, and they're the ones watching it with their families yeah. and their significant others and their children and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of been adopted by our generation, and then the generation after us well, has kind of picked it up as well. And, and the other thing too is, is I, I would say, you know, Elf and maybe a few others. There's, you know, Christmas movies are not as uh, frequent. Especially frequenting in how good they are, because uh, Christmas right. the Christmas movie has now become a Hallmark thing. Like it's like yes, like Hallmark is like that's their like go to. That's their uh, bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so actually having good Christmas movies is few and far between. I think they they were a little bit more frequent back in the day. Oh, definitely. When it comes to like for the big screen, yeah. I mean, you you hardly get holiday films for the big screen nowadays, at all, really. And if and if they do, they come out in like November or October, um, and it's really much different than it was back in the day. Back back in the day, although, like you said, like with the Hallmark and uh, Lifetime and all that kind of stuff, their Christmas movies like they they start that stuff in July. Yeah, <laughs> and they started back in like the summertime, yep. like Christmas in July and all that kind of stuff. So you really don't get holiday films for this time of year, and if you do, they don't seem to have the staying power of a lot of the previous. I, ones. I would say the last Christmas movie that I, I mean, I, I haven't watched it yet. I've heard that that net, net, Netflix Claws movie. Oh yes, is, is apparently there. pretty good. I, and what about the uh, the? I like the Seth Rogen one from a few years ago. Oh, I want yeah. That's become a, a, an every year thing for me. The night before. The night before, yeah. I think that movie is super underrated yeah. when it comes to a holiday film. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's it's really it it's really funny. Um, and I think Michael Shannon is God, amazing. He steals in that, movie. that movie. He's only in the movie for like five minutes yeah. total, probably. Yeah. He's amazing in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're right. It's just they they don't seem to have the staying power and it's really like kind of fascinating how like like all the classics are from what 30 40 50 60 years ago from what from what we um unless you, you want know, unless can, you want to count the ones that are like borderline christmas movies like die hard <laughs> even then die hard was what 1980 um, something 19 yeah i mean we're talking over 30 years ago um, and it's like, yeah, I mean, even things like Jingle All the Way and Home Alone are from 25, 30 yeah. years ago. I mean, uh, you know, Scrooge, like, you know, I know it's one of your favorites came out in what, 1988, I think? 88, 89, yeah. Yeah, so it's like not a lot from, I think, 
uh, you know, this current generation of movies over the last decade or so, I think I've really stood up. I mean, people still you know, watch that Jim Carrey Grinch movie, but I don't get it. You know what? I, I I'm actually one of the few people who actually still still watch it every year. <laughs> I think it's underrated. Mm. I really do. I I don't know what it is about that I don't movie. Know it's either. so bonkers. Like, oh, it is definitely bananas. bonkers. I just yeah. It's the the Rick Baker like uh like makeup effects and just the fact that like they were like you know what we're gonna make a doctor a live action Doctor Seuss movie and we're just gonna do it to to the nines like it's going to be that you see what you see you know what you see on the page that wackiness that weird world we're just gonna make that live action yeah. that's what that's what we're gonna do forget any type of realism <laughs> just do it uh, yeah and some people you know they people uh still like to watch polar express uh you know of robert zemeckis yeah zemeckis was way too early he was too early with with uh performance capture technology yeah i mean granted he was doing it at the same time as you know, post Lord of the Rings, where like uh, that performance capture had become really uh, popular because of Lord of the Rings, he just couldn't quite get the tech down to it. But anywho, um, we could go on a whole a whole thing about other holiday movies like Love Actually or like you know Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street or It's a Wonderful Life. Um, um, I mean, there's and then like but we did a whole we did a whole episode, uh, episode about that last year. Yeah, we did a whole episode. Go back about to it, watch year. it. Listen, I mean, and uh, yeah, that is it for our uh, discussion of Elf. Uh, like Directed we, by John Favreau. Yeah, and like yep. and like we said, this is the last of of this year, unfortunately. So you'll have to wait till probably maybe the first or second week in January before we, you'll hear us again. But we hope you guys have a a, a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful New Year. Um, keep on watching movies. I mean, I know I'm already saying the tag. But I know, a, I, well, kind of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna now, say man. it. We'll say it again at the end. Of course, but of just keep watching movies, guys. I mean, we you know you know we love them. We hope we would assume the people that listen to this podcast love them, and uh, keep spreading spreading the love of movies. That's what we do here. So um, hey, where can we find you, Andrew? You can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Capzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. Instagram, you can find me at Cinema Discovery Project or Letterboxd at Cinema Discovery. You can find the audio for this podcast on Podbean or Apple Podcasts. Thank you once again for listening, and hey, keep on watching them movies. I know I will. Merry Christmas. <laughs>